Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherd's Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching. What we're going to be kind of doing here, what we're going to be heading towards seven, I think it's seven, maybe eight key phrases from John 17 when Jesus is praying in the garden of what he has done for his apostles, for his disciples, uh, up to the point of his crucifixion. And that's going to be showing us the things that we are called then to invest into others as well. Uh, we'll put them up on the screen, with Lisa's help. Um, I, if you're going to write it down real quick, I would say just write down the voices because I'm probably going to go fast. Uh, and it's also in your U version if you don't do your U version. But it's, uh, are you, is that a lighter? What are you doing? Yeah, what is that? What is it? Bacon. What is wrong with you, Neil? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so we're going to be looking at scripture and you just see Neil back there, look at my bacon, look at my bacon. Okay. I guess you just, I, I bought up licorice, it's all fair game. Okay. Uh, so, but these are some of the things he, he was praying during that, t- that time. I revealed you to whom you gave me. I gave them the word you gave me. I pray for them. I protected them. I've sent them into the world. Uh, for them, I sanctify myself, and I have given the glory you have given me. Those are what we're going to be studying over the next, uh, uh, as part of our next 10 weeks together. Uh, but before we really get too deep into those, like I said, we're going to be hitting each of those different weeks. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the context leading up to 17. Because when we look at the chapters right before 17, we're going to see um, a very key element that we talked about, we brushed up against, uh, but I want to see more in depth when it comes to how Jesus disciples, how he evangelizes, and it all comes back to the relational. There are times that uh, relational might be a crowd of people he doesn't know, Relational might be someone like the woman at the well that he doesn't know her well uh, from a human standpoint uh, or people that he's intimate with, like with his apostles. But it always comes back to relational. It always comes back to love-driven. So we're going to be looking at that. So with that, if you would get your Bibles out, we're going to go to John chapter 14. I'm going to skim over 13 through 16. We'll spend most of our time in 14. Uh, again, if you do not have a Bible, version again, is up and running. If you have version, it's a free Bible app. You can sign on to our internet with the uh, password fellowship all over case. Do a search for local live events. You'll see TSF with today's date. It has all the passages. It has places to take notes. It has all kinds of stuff in there. Uh, but if you do not have a Bible and you want one, usually we have them in baskets underneath the chair. Uh, but since we've been doing the fundraiser, you can now get them for five bucks a piece. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but once again, Nate took all those Bibles, and they're back by him. So if you want a Bible to either use for today or you want to take it home and keep it, uh, Nate's the bookman today. He's got the bookstore up and running in the back. So feel free to move around. But um, 13, you probably would know pretty well as we have been going through uh, the life of Jesus. It's going to be the Last Supper. So we're going to find ourselves on that Thursday, that Monday Thursday. Uh, Not long, just a few hours before Jesus is arrested. And John's telling, he doesn't really talk to a lot about the communion aspect of the Last Supper, but he does about the foot washing of the Last Supper. So 13 is where we kind of start into this um, context where Jesus is very intimate in his relationship 
with those that are following him, that he stands up from his place of leadership. He takes off his outer garment, puts on the, the apron of a servant, and goes and washes the feet of all of his disciples. That's a very intimate act uh, that he's caring for them. When we go uh, a little bit further into 13, we find the warnings of this betrayal where he tells everybody, one of you is going to betray me. And there's a big, you know, everybody gets all worked up, right? Everybody's trying to figure out what's going on with that. The reason he does that is actually stated in his dialogue. He goes, I'm telling you this so that you may believe that I am who I am. He had an intimate purpose for telling them that. I want you to know when everything falls apart, God's in control. I'm still who I am. So you, you, this is why I'm telling you. For. I'm not just trying to get everybody worked up, right? Uh, after that, we get the Jesus uh, predicting P- Peter's betrayal. Peter's like, I'd never do that. I'd die for you. Uh, no, you're going to betray me three times. But I've already started praying for you so that when you turn around and get your crap back together, that you start encouraging your brothers. And so, again, it keeps coming back to these, uh, these intimate times. Uh, again, I'm going to spend most of my time at 14, but... 15, we got the vines and branches. When he's left the upper room, he's walking to the garden. Uh, I like to think that he's walking by the synagogue and he sees the vines uh, going up the side walls of, of the synagogue, but he stops and says, hey, let me just do a, a sermon illustration here with you guys. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Stay, stay in me. Produce fruit in me. If, if you don't, branches get cut off and thrown into the fire. I don't want that for you. So he has, has this talk with them. We're staying close with them. And then 16, he goes through the concerns that he has for the disciples. What's about to happen? And he starts telling them up front so that they're prepared, but then they can have joy in the midst of suffering. But 14 is where I want to spend my time. Uh, from, uh, uh, I don't want to. We see different angles of relationship here that I think would really help us in our relational understanding of evangelizing and discipling others. So let's start there. Uh, read a little, talk a little, see what we find. Verse 1. Jesus is talking, and he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and, you, and will take you to myself, that where I am you may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. So the main thing I want to kind of point out here is... In this particular point, we're, we're up, again, Last Supper, everybody's in the upper room together, and he's talking to them, and from what, what is wrong with you today, Neil? What do you do now? <laughs> he had his bacon, now the chair, there's no more weight left, the chair dropped on you, didn't it? Too much bacon, okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but in this particular time, we don't know exactly how many people are in that room with Jesus. It could be anyone anywhere from about 20 people to about 140 people in the upper room at the Last Supper. We focus on the head table, uh, but also we know that the, the woman like Mary and um, Mary Magdalene, like the, the, there was other disciples there besides just the apostles. So just for our biblical imagination standpoint, let's say it's about us. Okay, so say it's about this size of room. And when he's talking, he's talking to a group in this particular section. This teaching is for a group section. Um, I'm a real big believer that one-on-one relational evangelism is one of the most powerful ways by far to take and um, reach somebody for Christ. But there are times that it's this, or it's times that it's strangers. 
whatever the case may be. But what we find, and we'll put the first one up here, we're going to kind of go voice by voice, see some of the different ones, uh, is a very tender care in his teaching. Even though it's not one-on-one, -on -one, it's very tender into the group. And what I want to kind of point out there is when Jesus is teaching, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for who? You. Not for y'all, not for everybody, not for all time, but he's still being very intimate in the way that he addresses those that are in the room. I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. Uh, another one that uh, he has here is, uh, um, you know the way. You know the way. He, so it's multiple times over, there's still a very personal con connection in his, his teaching. So if you ever find yourself in a place where you're evangelizing or discipling or teaching, and I know some of you guys immediately are like, there's no way in heaven or hell I'd ever do that. That's your job, according to Amanda. Uh, what? He spoke about me. The, uh, <laughs> but we're going to dig into that you just really don't know what God's going to call you and what he's going to do through you. So even when it's a group of people, it's got to be very intimate. I care about you, every single person that uh, he's reaching to. Then verse 5, we see a little bit of a change because Thomas speaks up. Uh, he's not just a doubter. He has a couple questions. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. If you ever have anybody say to you that the whole purpose of religion or the whole purpose of faith is to make you feel better about your day and they all end up being the same thing anyways, it's not true. It's crap. Jesus is very clear. There is a truth and he claims to be that truth. And if we lean into that truth, it's through Jesus Christ. So again, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So all of a sudden, we go from the group to one guy. Okay, Thomas has asked a question. Lord, we do not know where you are going. So with that... What we see, the next one we're going to put up there is that there's the teachable moments. Jesus did not plan this particular thing. He didn't set him up and say, hey, Thomas, by the way, ask this so we can kind of manipulate this over to here. There, there was a moment that somebody asked a question. He says, I can teach into that. Um, and one of the things that Jesus is so good at is he's prayed up in the spirit. Show me what you're doing. Show me what's going on around me. And when there's a teachable moment, let me step into that. And, and, and so if you have somebody who just says, my life is crap right now, there's a teachable moment. I can tell you about the good news. I can tell you about hope. I can tell you about freedom. Uh, if, if they're talking about, I just, uh, I went to church as a kid and the pastor there was having two affairs and end up being arrested for murdering a girlfriend, all that kind of stuff. By the way, that's my story. Um, the, there's a teachable moment. There's something there in front of them. Sometimes I just don't even know why I keep trying. There's a teachable moment. And so we, part of disciple, part of evangelizing is looking for those moments. So, so here we have Thomas is asking that question. We don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Which, by the way, is a chair two question, kind of getting towards chair three. He, he, he's already been out on some, some trips. He's already been discipling, evangelizing some. Uh, but he's still not quite at the maturity level that he needs to be in about five hours. Um, when Jesus is arrested, you know what I mean? So he's asking this question, so Jesus speaks into it and, to, and just answers his question and, 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 and lets it build into it. Uh, verse 8, different situation. Philip decides to speak up and says to him, Lord, show us the Father, 
and it, is an, and it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I not been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whatever, uh, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, again, amen, amen. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. That's awesome. That's awesome. Greater works than these will he do, or she do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I would do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So another one-on-one, -on -one, but did you notice a difference between his answer to Philip and his answer to Thomas? The one we have with Philip is confrontational. He sa says this question, and he's like, dude, are you serious? He didn't do that to Thomas. Thomas, a lot of times, the few times that we see Thomas, he's a little bit more, uh, again, sensitive, doubter, I don't know. And it almost kind of hints that maybe Thomas would almost crumble if he's confrontational with him. Now, it's not the Peter situation where Peter's like, hey, you'll never have to take the cross and he's uh, get behind me, Satan. That's way confrontational. But it's still confrontational. When we see Philip a couple times in there, he seems like a guy that reacts better to confrontation. He seems to, like when they first told him about Jesus, he's like, yeah, you guys are, you guys are nuts. He's sitting under a tree, right? And then Jesus comes up and is like, hey, I know you. You're a, you're a true Jew because you were sitting under a tree. And I saw you say this. And Philip's like, oh, my goodness. Like he kind of had to bring it to his face. So what we see from a relational standpoint is not only does he care about you, 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 and you, but he knows you. What works for Thomas doesn't work for Philip. And so as we are discipling and evangelizing people, in our lives, in our jobs, in our families, in our neighborhoods, whatever the case may be, the relational part is so important on how we address people. Because, again, some of us um, would be terrified to confront somebody like that. But I'm telling you, we're going to find Jesus would do crazy things through you that you never thought you would do. Some of us want to go out and confront everybody every second of the day and take them out. Right? We're real big on that 100% love and that, I mean, the 100% truth, but the 100% love thing we struggle with sometimes. We've got to make sure that we're not just walking in the spirit to see opportunities, but how to handle those opportunities to make sure that we're walking in step with them. Does that make sense so far? So we're seeing the relational aspect of how Jesus uh, reaches out to people. Okay, verse 15. Keep going. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Again, you, but he's talking back to the group again. So we still have that, that aspect. I will, uh, if you, okay, so if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You're not keeping the commandments of Christ. You've got a serious issue between saying, I love Jesus, I'm a Christian, and you're not doing, following him. Okay. 16. I will ask the Father, and he will give you a, another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with love and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you know that I am in the, my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him 
and manifest myself in them. Okay, so here, we'll go ahead and go to the next one here, is once again the group teaching. There will be times that, that, that I truly believe that all of us will have opportunities to group teach with two or more people. Uh, again, we'll have the tender care aspect, we have the you aspect through the entire ad, uh, end, end of things, but there's an element that's added here that we didn't have before, and that's the helper. You see that in verse 16? Some of you guys, depending on your translation, might say advocate. I actually kind of like the word advocate. I think the definition of advocate is more fitting here in the translation. Uh, the advocate being who? Holy Spirit. Okay, so I know it can get a little confusing, but God is one God made up by three distinct uh, personalities that work in such unison that they're one. You got God the Father. See a lot of him in the Old Testament. He's kind of got the spotlight on him. Jesus, the Son of God. You see, we see him, through, all of them through the whole thing, but a little bit more spotlight in the Gospels. And the Holy Spirit, which is in the spotlight today in the church age, after Jesus ascended back into heaven. Jesus is still active, God's still active, but the Holy Spirit is that part of God who not just sees us from up here, not just hugs us and laughs with us, jokes with us, and teaches us and shows us an example to us like Jesus was, arm in arm, but lives within us when we accept Jesus as leader and forgive in our lives. And so by that is why we can do what we do. Uh, this is the definition of advocate, one who uh, supports you by helping, empowering, leading, and encouraging you to express your views, receive your rights, and ac or accomplish your mission. So now we realize we're not alone. So when we're talking about doing this mission, we were never made to do it solo. We're supposed to do it in Christian community. We're supposed to do it with the Holy Spirit residing within us. Okay, so next section here. And then uh, we'll start bringing it, bring it together here. Verse 22, Judas, not Iscariot, which those are fun. Once you see them, they're really fun whenever you're reaching John. John whispers in his Gospels. Uh, John's writings are him writing down everything that he's been preaching for a few decades. And so he is used to like talking to crowds about this like this, and then understand pretty quick what's funny and what confuses people. And so in his gospel, he's gotten it so down, he does a lot of these parentheses things. So when he says, now Judas, not Iscariot, he knows people are like, really, Judas? He, didn't he betray him? No, there's two Judases. He's not that guy. Don't put him in the same box. He doesn't like him anymore either, right? So this is the other Judas that's there. And he, he says to him, Lord, how is it? that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world. And Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Once again, an individual question, but once again, a completely different way of answering it. Uh, the next one is called redirect. Redirect. If you look closely, Jesus did not answer Judas's question. Just, just didn't answer it. Um, he had repeated that information several times over. Uh, maybe Judas is one that likes to uh, hit things six, seven, eight times before it kind of sinks in, but Jesus is also talking to a crowd and kind of wants to get to the point of what really matters. But he doesn't answer his question. Um, and there's going to be times that you will find yourself in similar situations, especially with social media uh, ministry. I personally, I know a lot of people either hate or love social media. I see it as a mission field. I think, uh, I, now I'm old, so to me when I say social media, I'm talking about MySpace. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Facebook is kind of like, the, uh, <laughs> the young ones don't even know what MySpace is. That's horrible. Okay, but mine's more Facebook, go ahead and whatnot. But I see it as a mission field that, that needs Jesus. Like, 
Thailand needs Jesus or Brazil needs Jesus. I, I, you, you have to learn the culture. You have to learn the vocabulary um, to be able to do it in a godly fashion, uh, especially if you're a confrontational person. Um, you can do more harm than good trying to make the point instead of b bringing the love. Um, and so redirect happens a lot in that because when you kind of start dealing with the, a, more of a troll type situation, your comments aren't so much trying to correct the person that you're talking to as much as who's reading these comments and what can I say to them and show them the love of Christ and how things are, are done. So there's a lot of redirect there, but it happens in our regular life too. I remember, I think I've shared about this before, there's a time I was down in Tennessee, there was a church in the Smokies that I did some work with and I went to a men's night um, when we were watching Monday Night Football. I don't know why women can't watch football. Because I don't watch football. What? Okay, well, but you still couldn't come. I'm just saying. Just saying. But anyway, so it was like a men's night thing. And then at, at halftime, they did a devotional. Uh, and then um, this guy there named John, who was not a believer, um, started asking a bunch of questions off the devotional that were really deep. It was mostly about like science stuff, creationism stuff, and all these different things. And uh, you actually, uh, my wedding ring's not upside down. There we go. Uh, married again. The, uh, but they were actually getting annoyed with him because the third quarter was about to start. Um, that's not good ministry, just to let you know. But so, so we ended up, I, I was like, hey, do you want to you know, go watch a game? There's like an outside bonfire with the TV and stuff. And nobody was there. So we went out there and we started talking. He's asking me all these questions and stuff. And I'll be honest, some of the questions he's asking, we're just not going to know. We're just not going to know until we get to heaven. That, there's a reason I follow God is because he's bigger than I am, so I don't get it all. And, and just kind of had to tell him that. It's not, it's not really about understanding all of it. It's about having faith in it. And um, so we redirected away from the questions into what do you think about Jesus? And he ended up coming to the Lord that night. Um, but it, it takes caring redirect, and you're going to find that a lot. If you find yourself butting heads with somebody, as a real good shot, you might want to do a quick prayer and say, the Holy Spirit, I need to redirect my approach here. Am I, am I really hearing them? So, so anyways, those are the ones that we have in this particular section. Tender care, teachable moments, uh, confrontation, group teaching, <laughs> redirect, um, are all part of our mission. There's more, but that kind of gives us a good sampling to start thinking about how we're addressing people in our own lives. Uh, so th the question becomes, how do we start personally embracing that? Um, one of the things that you guys were digging into and uh, Ma uh, Mary Mahaffey was saying um, was that there was a section this week talking about the great commandment. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love others as you love yourself. Uh, which gets even more tougher because if you look in the fullness of the scripture, that commandment really is love uh, others as I have loved you, as Jesus has loved you. Um, and then the great commission, right? To go out, lead people to the Lord, baptize them. Uh, teach each other to obey everything I commanded of you because he wants better for you anyway, so you might as well follow his guidelines on how to stay out of the muck and mire. Um, he's got all power and authority. He's with us to the very end of the age, right? That's all, that was all part of our study all the time, but also within those, the books this week. Uh, then you take it out to Acts chapter 1 where he says, do this in the hometown, people you're comfortable with, do this in your country, do this with people who are different than you, no space for racism, no, no space for prejudice. Uh, and do this in the whole world. Okay, that, that's our mission. That's what we're called to do out of that, that heart uh, of love. So how do we embrace these things in our personal ways as he leads us forward depending on where he's at? So this is where you guys get to talk a little bit. Jeremiah, are you ready for it? 
Are you ready? Jeremiah got really excited because he came last night. And I, I'm sure he wasn't teasing me or making fun of me in any way. But he saw the paperboard up here and he said, are you doing the paperboard? Or as JT wants to call it a flipboard. Flip chart. Read a little Bible, then come back and give me crap. Okay. <laughs> JT said, are you using the, not JT, but uh, Jeremiah said, are you using the, the paperboard? And I said, yes. And he says, okay, I'm coming. He was so excited. He says, I was on, I was on the, on the, uh, what do you call it? No, uh, flipboard. Okay. Great Commission. Lead to Lord. And those on Facebook, if, you're on, if you answer on the comments on the church page, Jenny's going to be watching and she can shout out anything you want. How do you, in different ways relationally, however you want to do, but the way that God has made you, how do you lead people to the Lord? Go. Yeah, David. Okay, invite the church. Comes back to the come and see. That's awesome. What else? Sharing Christian music. Thank you, Sarita. By the way, Nancy, my mother-in-law, is this, is this better? It's a thicker marker this time. Is it better? Okay. Okay, what else? Personal testimonies. We all got them. We're all responsible to use them. What's that? Too late. Ginger one. Viv zero. That's us. If it was an option, it's not. Tammy. Love like Jesus, okay. How about asking people if they uh, if they know the Lord? Ask. Dad, I need a new child, Mary. <laughs> I'm teasing. I like the old ones. Mary, what did you have your hand up? Meet them with the rat. Now, for the record, this is a brand new market. This is the first time I'm ever using it. It's because my mother-in-law was getting on my back. I had to get a good one. Remember when we tried to do the girl trip last week? I was talking about how moms do good girl trips. I, nothing personal, Nancy. I was hoping you were here because I was going to have you do a girl trip to the church. And Katie said she would do it. And then it became like this flowery encouragement. There was no guilt trip to it whatsoever. But anyways, what else? Sharing God's word. How? Uh, me personally, I've been sharing devotions and okay. What else? What's that? Thank you, honey. <laughs> See, we're making up. What else? Example? Tammy? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I love you. That's good. That's good. Yeah, say so. Pray for them and listen. That's good. Very good. Thank you. Hmm? By trying to offer sacrifice. Did you just Google? You're looking at your phone. Okay, what'd you say? Okay. How do you do that? Such as? Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. That's good. Thank you. Do you have an online or is it you just? Yeah, I know. I know, but I don't have copy and paste. Okay. <laughs> what is it? Living, watching? Listening, watching, hearing, praying, <coughs> and then walking that with them. Yeah, do good things. <laughs> that sounds like a show of who? Is it a show? Uh, no. Angie Tenor. Angie Tenor. Okay. Go good one. She's trying to mess with me. Trying to mess with me. Who did? Angie Warren, sharing scriptures. Okay. Monica is not feeling well, and she's probably like so jacked up on medicine right now. I don't know what's on there. Still working too small. Monica, I'm also going to put on there. Stop skipping church for D and D games. Still thinking too small. If you don't come to church, I call you out. Just like I did everybody that says here at church. Ginger. So when Mike was talking about your body is a living sacrifice, I'm going to call him out for a second. Okay. Because I think he's a really, really good example of this, using your skills and abilities to help others. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. That goes along with anything that he's entrusted to you, you're responsible for. Okay. Now, in your heads, think about this stuff personally. This is an easy, easy one to fill up as a church and then not do anything different tomorrow. Does that make sense? Like some of these are like Christianese that we say that are 100% deep and true, but we don't think about them as deep and true because we've heard them a billion times over. Right? So, thinking about that. Okay. Viv. Throw it out. Doing what? <laughs> Am I s- By donating on Caleb? On Caleb?
Here's a fun one for you personally. How do you baptize? It's part of your commission. Through discipleship? What do you mean? Okay, so te teaching, okay. <laughs> I so badly want to call Stein now. I'm sorry, Stein, did you have a point? No, Allie did, though. Well, oh, Allie, what, what was your point? No, what would you like to say? <laughs> no, it's okay, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what's going on? <laughs> what would you like? I said a song lyric. Please go away. <laughs> you know a song that has a lyric that says, please go away? Is it by Harry Styles? Oh, is it? Okay, I'm, that's cool. You like Taylor Swift? I love Taylor Swift. That's cool. So, so what was it? What was the song like? The song we did last week with baptism. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You know, it's come on down to the river is the uh, the phrase. But I really like this one. Take them to the river. Because that's basically what you're doing. We used to, Monica and Keith and I had a band called Water's Edge. And uh, I used to do a talk. And the reason we were Water's Edge is because the best we could do is lead people to the Water's Edge. But it's between them and the Spirit to, to get in. Uh, so taking them to the river, I really like that. So I'm very glad you stood up and adamantly shared. <laughs> what else? David. By saying, you're God, I'm not. That's very true on this one. As far as leading them and, and leading people to you're God, I'm not. Um, and then after they do that, we'll call it faithfulness of baptism. So how do you do that part of that Great Commission? It's a little bit more troublesome, isn't it? Yeah, I saw a hand. Did I see a hand? Did, Jenny, did you put your hand up? No, I was finishing my coffee. Oh, okay. <laughs> then scratching your armpit, I guess. So. Here's the thing, and, and I want to make sure we continue to hit these at different times. One, who? Who? I don't know. Somebody's saying Neil, are you saying it? Get the bacon out of your mouth. Lisa, what are you saying? Encourage them. Now, I'm going to give you a little hint. I don't hear everything up here. As boisterous as your voice is, Lisa. I did not hear that. Encourage them. Oh, okay, the flyers and the... So what that is, is we have a baptism Bible study in the, in the foyer that you can take and give to somebody if you know that they accepted Jesus recently, or if you want to, it's a Bible study. It's not, this is how our church does it, uh, even though that is how we do it, um, but from a biblical standpoint. But a, a few things. One, I do love baptisms as a community. When you um, come and celebrate someone's baptism, and you're here when they do that baptism, that is an act of worship in my, my, my opinion. That is so important for us as a community to be here for each other on that. So supporting by being. Um, but let me just constantly remind that I don't have a license to baptize. I tend to be blessed 
to be able to baptize a lot of people because of the calling I have. But to baptize someone, the requirement is, is that you're a Christian. Any of you that follow Jesus as leader for giving their life, that leads somebody to the Lord, you can stand in the water with them, you can stand beside them, you can be here to celebrate, you can be the one to baptize them. There is nothing scripturally that says the pastor is the one that has to do the baptism. I love doing them, but it doesn't just have to be me. So you can actually, what's that? You were answering my question. I wanted to ask Okay. You can actually baptize. Actually, it's supposed to be a public proclamation, so I love the more public we have there, the better. But if you look at, oh gosh, I'm not going to remember his name right now. The guy that was going down in the beginning of Acts to a town, and he came across the Ethiopian, and he was reading the scripture in the, his chariot. And he's like, hey, you want me to explain it to you? He goes, somebody's got to, because this makes no sense to me. And he accepted Jesus as leader and forgiver, and he says, here's some water. Anything to stop us from getting baptized? Nope, let's go on down. Right? So... How do you disciple? Being discipled and discipling others. You've got to live it. Live it? Absolutely. <laughs> Teach it? How? Sometimes it involves actually teaching more. And again, what we've seen today could be group, it could be one-on-one. Definitely in family and friends. So, what else? I'm sorry, babe? Serve Lord, serve others. bit more struggle with discipleship than we are evangelism, aren't we? Maybe. Were you just trying to hit Nancy from the other side? Right. Did you have some? So love and do the Great Commission. She mentioned people, but we also got to be motivated by loving God. We love because He loved us. I think they all fall in this to do the walk like the Lord. Okay. Philip, thank you. I hear somebody, I don't know who and where. Oh, yeah. What's that? Speak truth, not opinion. Oh, gotcha. Speak truth, not opinion. What's that? Lord, you're very soft-spoken today. Involved in church? Sharing scriptures? like a regular weekly basis, you'll, you'll 
preach to us and you will tell us now I'll tell you the stuff that's commentary that you have to seek the spirit on but the stuff that the Bible you're stuck with yeah and the, and the same is true for others but hopefully what I'm commentating on is based there that's what I think that's what Sharita's trying to get us to is that we're speaking truth not just I don't like you doing this I don't like you know now, involved in church, I'm going to actually add to that Christian community because, again, all of us divide church a little differently. Um, but the Bible's pretty clear that's Christian community and how that's structured. Anything else? Yes, <laughs> dude. <laughs> God tells you, you need to listen to God because he might tell you to reach out to this person or go talk to this person or go pay for this person and you need to listen to what God's telling you to do. Okay. Follow through. Hmm? Follow through. Follow through? <laughs> I'm not trying to be a goof because you guys know me but I could have sworn you said olive juice like you were trying to say I love you from a distance I love you too dad ginger I thought somebody was going to beat Jeremiah to it this time. Yeah. Let me just kind of wrap it up with this one here. We've got to be mindful. We've got to stop living like we're supposed to be living like the rest of the world. We've got to be mindful. We've got to be in prayer on this. We've got to be following this. We've got to get outside of our box. We've got to stop being tier two. Um, and if you're tier three and you've been doing pretty good, the, the secret to, to going to tier four is knowing that it's not just about how God made you. It's what he wants to do through you. And we don't get there if we're not mindful, if we're not praying about it, if we're not seeking it, then we're not doing it. We've got to make it personal as we move forward together. Let me tell you this, um, this example, because I find this to be a pretty encouraging story myself, because uh, I know some of this stuff can be really kind of overwhelming or scary. I was reading a story about a lady named Viv. Hey, 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 hey. Not you, though. Uh, because she's like, I, I think, like in her 80s or 90s now. So, yeah, can't rock that. Uh, but she had gone to church. And she went through something like this. And it's like, I have to be more mindful. I need to be doing my part. We're here for a purpose. And so she decided she was going to go and start talking to her neighbors, which was way outside her comfort zone way outside her comfort zone. And she went to the farm next to hers and um, knocked on the door. She started talking to the lady who lives there. They knew each other. She invited her in for tea. They started talking about church. They started talking about Jesus. And the, the husband overhears this conversation. Um, and he's kind of one of these more grouchy guys. And he comes in and says, listen, we've got our own faith. We don't need your Jesus. We don't need you to talk about church. I need you to leave. And so he kicked her out of the house. Which, if that's outside your comfort zone, not exactly the testimony that encourages you to keep going, right? I mean, like, she, was, she felt pretty beat up. Maybe I did it wrong, whatever. Um, so she just started praying for him. And they had a son who was about 10 that played with her son out in the yard all the time. So she started praying for them and praying for the son that God would 
reach them. And um, she did that for a decade, for 10 years. And one day the son came over to a house and uh, was sharing with her a story that uh, he's now college age. He's been doing cake. He, he was doing cakers and drinking and doing the, you know, the stereotypical college life. And uh, in that, um, he said he came home one night and his roommate, who was also a partier, didn't go to this kager. And he was asking, like, what's going on? He goes, well, do you really want to know? And he shared with him that he accepted Jesus as leader forgiven his life and turned his life around and just didn't want to do that stuff anymore. And uh, in their talking, the uh, son ended up getting saved that night himself. And so when he came home for a break, he had heard from his mom that this lady next door is like him. She's, she's one of those Jesus people, too. And he wanted to come over and, and, and just talk to her. He wanted to talk about Jesus and stuff. And she said, I've been praying for you for 10 years. And she's like just crying. She's like, I, can, I can't believe this, um, th that God works differently than what we, we thought, thought they were. Um, and the young man who got saved in college is the guy that wrote the book that you guys are going through right now wrote the book that I'm going through right now, uh, wrote some of the things about the four chair me mentality. Uh, and because of her faithfulness and her unique way in that unique moment outside of her comfort zone, it's now reaching others. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's a, that all we're supposed to be is just growing the kingdom. As Jesus calls to us and we say, okay, just that simple. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast, or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740-382-3500, or check us out online by going to tsflife.com. That's tsflife.com. You can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship 1647 Marion Marysville Road, Marion, Ohio, 43302. Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be blessed.